I start from page 9. Misunderstandings about Zikr. There is a common misunderstanding about Zikr in our community. Since it appears to result in neglect of Zikr, I want to remove this misunderstanding. The Prophet Muhammad criticized the Sufis, the so-called devotees of his time, who have introduced many innovations in Islam. He pointed out that their repeating parrot fashion of different phrases of Zikr was useless. It was time to defend Islam from the attacks of the enemies. The Prophet criticized them, and this they indeed deserved. But some Ahmadis have misunderstood him. The conclusion that sitting at a place in remembrance of Allah has no merit is absolutely wrong. All forms of dhikr are meant to praise Allah and to glorify his name. The promised Messiah criticized those who verbalized the glory of God in the privacy of their homes, but did not challenge the enemies heaping affront upon his holy name. He admonished them because they were indolent. They were not performing their duty of calling people towards goodness and forbidding them from evil. Their actions amounted to hypocrisy. If they were sincere in their glorification of God, why did they not counter the attacks, the attacks of the enemies? Why did they not glorify Allah on the public platform as they did in the quiet corners of their homes? Moreover, the promised Messiah criticized them because they defaced the concept of dhikr. Their practices had no trace of the concept of remembrance of God in its pristine purity. Misguided Forms of Dhikr Several misguided forms of dhikr are found among the Sufis. They utter a cry from their hearts and take it to their heads and shout so loudly that nobody in the vicinity can sleep or concentrate on worship. This is called penetrating the heart, as if La ilaha illallah would enter their hearts only if it was hammered in. Although they say that they are gathering for dhikr, they only delude themselves with empty sounds of Allah, Allah. There are many practices. Some simply have a good timing with songs, choruses, and dancing by called girls. They call it a meeting of dhikr because the sound of Allah is frequently made. Some penetrate their hearts. Some utter a cry from their soul. Some raise dhikr from their hearts and it returns after performing a prostration at arsh, that is the throne of Allah. Some utter cries of Allah from every particle of their body. Some dance to the sound of the verses of the Holy Quran with others hopping around and reciting poetry. They feign intoxication and unconsciousness. They feign intoxication and unconsciousness. Someone then jumps into the middle of the gathering with shrill shrieks of Allah, Allah. In short, many eccentric and occult practices have been introduced into the concept of dhikr. None of them has anything to do with the true teachings of Islam. We condemn these innovations, but we cannot forsake dhikr because of them. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has said, Every innovation takes one away from the right path and all of them lead to fire. That is why such dhikr does not lead these people closer to Allah. Instead, it moves them away from Him. Ever since this type of dhikr has been introduced, Muslims have drifted away from Allah. This is not surprising. Practices contrary to the directions of Allah and His Apostle were bound to weaken spiritually. All innovations introduced into dhikr have an element of pleasure, but the pleasure is artificial. The man who succumbs to it at the cost of real pleasure is ruined. He is like someone who suffers from stomachache and, rather than seeking proper treatment, goes to sleep with a dose of opium. 
The narcotic effect provides a temporary relief, but in fact he is killing himself. A time will soon come when his disease will do its damage. Zikr versus Mesmerism What is called Zikr by these people is actually mesmerism and hypnotism. It has nothing to do with spirituality. Rather, it is related to concentration of thoughts. God Almighty has vested the human mind with the power to produce a very strong influence by focused thoughts, feelings of pleasure, similar to those derived from opium, cocaine, and marijuana, can be, de can be derived from such concentration. These sensations are not real pleasure, but a state of numbness. Such people fool themselves into believing that they receive pleasure by reciting the name of Allah. Actually, even if they said Ram, at the time, at that time, their feelings would not would be no different. It is narrated that a respected Muslim was traveling in a boat. He started his zikr with full concentration. Others, mainly Hindus in the boat, joined him in saying Allah, Allah. However, a Hindu ascetic was not influenced. The Muslim focused his thoughts upon the ascetic, who, in turn, started focusing upon the Muslim with greater force. Instead of influencing the ascetic, the Muslim was influenced himself. Quite involuntarily, he started saying, Ram, Ram. The Muslim was astonished and realized that performing zikr in this manner was futile. He repented and stopped his practice. He recognized that the result was merely produced by the exercise of a scale and not by the remembrance of Allah. If the blessing of saying Allah was the source of his comfort, uttering Ram could not have created the same feeling. Those who perform such rituals are like a traveler famishing in a desert. Finding a bag filled with pebbles, he imagines it to contain food. A person performing meaningless rituals believes he is attaining the nearness of Allah, but he is actually in a state of delusion. His senses have been numbed. He thinks that he has reached a high spiritual status, but the condition of his heart remains unclean. Pleasure from Dhikr A sincere Ahmadi once said to me that great pleasure is derived from such practices. I told him the pleasure is similar to that derived from opium and cocaine. The conclusive proof is that such zikr does not produce spiritual purity. He agreed and told me that he knew someone who had mastered all the rituals but begged for food in the, in the streets. The Ahmadi added that he used to wonder if this man has reached the high status which he claims, why does he need to beg? The Promised Messiah has narrated a story about a peer, that is a saint, who claimed that he had achieved a high spiritual status. Once, while visiting a follower during a famine, the peer demanded, bring my homage. The follower, who could find nothing to offer, begged to be excused. But the peer kept on insisting. In the end, the follower was forced to sell some of his household effects to satisfy the peer's demands. In short, Many weaknesses and impurities of heart are found in people who make pompous claims about the misguided forms of zikr. Difference between zikr and mere influence of thoughts. God Almighty has vested human voice and thought with a special power. If a person keeps thinking that something has happened, his mind will be inclined to believe accordingly. Similarly, if someone starts imagining that his heart is emitting the sound of Allah, he begins to perceive that sound. The question arises, if the heart really produces that sound, why is it not purified? There is an important difference between those who truly love God and those who play tricks. The difference is simple, but failure to recognize it makes a man careless about his reformation. He may believe that he has reached Allah, whereas actually he has not. 
like a man who has arrived at a wrong destination but believes that he has arrived at his goal, he will sit there and suffer the loss. Those who indulge in misguided practices imagine that they have reached their true objective but actually they are miles away from it. Like an addict of opium, they are in a state of frenzied intoxication and senselessness. The promised Messiah urged his followers to stay away from the wrong forms of dhikr. He criticized those who practice them. How can these practices be called remembrance of Allah in a true sense, when even the Hindus and Christians can practice them? Reciting Dhikr Aloud What about reciting Dhikr Aloud or listening to songs and music? As I mentioned earlier, the human nervous system has been granted the power to influence as well as to be influenced. The ears provide one of the paths to the nervous system. They respond to pleasing sounds. This applies not only to human beings, but also to other creatures. Play a flute to a snake and it starts dancing. Can you say that it is under spiritual influence? Not at all. Similarly, if someone starts dancing to the tune of a song, it cannot be said that he has accepted a spiritual influence. Only that his feelings have been influenced. Anyone who believes that singing has a spiritual effect is mistaken. Just as snake dances to the tune of a flute, the Sufis of today respond to songs and music. Moreover, it is an innovation of in, in the faith of Islam to perform dhikr loudly. Once, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was traveling with his companions. He heard them say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, loudly. Hadrat Abu Musa anhu narrates that the Holy Prophet ﷺ advised them, Have mercy on yourselves. Why do you not speak softly? The one whom you are calling is not deaf or absent. He is with you and hears you well. The Sufis of today go against the directions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. When they hold meetings of dhikr, the whole vicinity is filled with noise. They deem it an act of goodness, whereas in fact they are going against the Sharia, that is Islamic law. Their practice, dancing, shouting, falling and moving their heads around do not accord with the teachings of Islam. Poetry as dhikr? It is said that the Holy Prophet ﷺ listened to poetry. But nobody can prove that he had poetry as remembrance of Allah. Sometimes, who came to him saying, O Prophet of Allah, an opponent has composed couplets against you and I have prepared this reply. Similarly, once a person against whom he had issued a death sentence presented himself and after receiving permission, recited a few couplets begging forgiveness. The Holy Prophet spread his mantle over him to indicate forgiveness. Later, the man said, I was not afraid of death, but I had recognized the truth of Islam and did not want to die as a disbeliever. At another occasion, a companion wrote a poem during a war in which he said, This day we will be victorious or we will accept death, but we will not retreat. None of this shows that remembrance of Allah takes the form of rapturous songs or recital of poetry. Nor does it prove that the companion danced or got intoxicated. All these practices are innovations. The behavior which is incited by these poems is vulgar and un-Islamic. Islam does not condone it at all. I stop at page 14.